You should know a little bit about our family before I get started telling you this. You should know that my mom had a brother who died of a heart attack in 2005. He was in his late 40s and left behind his two kids and wife. His children were Ron and Christy. Christy was older than Ron and I by four years. She had just had a baby a year prior to all of this. Their mom is my Aunt Shelia. When my uncle passed away, the entire family broke apart. He and my Aunt Shelia and Ron all lived in the house my grandma had purchased since my grandma no longer lived there. She decided to snowbird with my grandfather a few years before this. After my uncle passed away, getting in contact with Shelia, Christy, and Ron became progressively more difficult. We wanted to be there for them, and my mom, who was very good friends with Shelia, felt like she needed her too. But that wasn't happening. Nothing was as it seemed. One day, after many calls went unanswered, my mom and I drove to the house my aunt, Christy, Ron, and Christy's baby were staying in to find most of their belongings gone and the house was destroyed. Curtains were ripped from the walls, tables flipped, the garage window was smashed. Other than that, it was just overall very unclean, and we could tell that my grandmother's house was not being taken care of prior to whatever the hell happened in the past two weeks to make it look broken into, which at first, we thought it was broken into. When we saw all belongings were missing, we knew that Shelia and the kids had just left. We called every phone number we could looking for them until finally we were able to reach them at Shelia's mother's house in Florida where she picked up the phone and just said, Fuck all of you! She then hung up, which was odd since our family had always been so close. We went on vacations every year, had Friday night sleepovers, and Sunday dinner every week. A lot happened very quickly after that. We found divorce papers in the abandoned home. They were signed only by Shelia. The woman who lived across the street from the house stated she noticed that when Shelia got the mail, she would hide some of the envelopes in her purse. My grandmother noticed a decrease of her finances, and it was soon learned that Shelia was taking checks my grandmother would send for utilities and other house maintenance and house payments. And as a result, this house went into foreclosure. We learned that Shelia has stolen over $15,000 from my grandparents. We learned that Shelia was having an affair prior to my uncle's death with a good friend of his. It was a mess. It took weeks for my mother and I to get that house in preparation to sell, but we did. The house sold, but our family was gone, and we were left to sit in a giant puddle of what the fuck. But some people are just bad. Shelia was bad, and able to put up a front and pretend otherwise. She was stealing, cheating, lying for over five years that we know of. But she was out of our lives, and we did our best to move on. Let's talk about Ron. 
Ron was always a big kid. When he was younger, it took him years to speak words. School teachers and doctors would tell Sheila and my uncle that Ron might have some kind of mild mental retardation, but they didn't accept that. He was never treated for this. When we were teenagers, he had developed a bad temper and would do some things that scared me and my brother. He would throw the house cat, play fight too rough, and do some really inappropriate things. Here's some examples. One time, his sister and I had just come back from the mall. I was 13, and she was 17 at the time. We were trying on our new clothes in our bedroom, and I kept hearing noises coming from the walls. I kept asking her what it was, but she kind of ignored it. That was until I'm standing there in my underwear, and I see an eyeball looking at me through a hole in the wall. I screamed, covered up, and heard Ron laughing hysterically (laughs) from the other side of that wall. I was creeped out, but Christy acted like this was normal and told me not to worry about it. When AOL and AIM was a big thing, Ron would go through my friends list and start talking to my friends in high school. He would tell them that he and I wanted to get together with them. They'd come to school asking me about it and I sat there clueless. He would start conversations in a friendly way and slowly begin telling them things about his genitals and asking about theirs. And if they asked him to stop, he'd start expressing how hard his life had been and how nobody loved him. This did not stop after high school. When MySpace and Facebook became a thing, he would continue to go through my pictures and friends and do the same shit. Almost all my friends ended up blocking him or threatening to end a friendship with me because of what he would do and say. One friend told me that he just showed up to our workplace one day and just watched her. He left after a manager approached him. My friends never wanted to be harsh with him because they knew that he had lost his dad, seen his mom with another man, and above all else, probably had some sort of disability. But these girls had boyfriends and jobs and a life. Ron was really starting to take a toll on them. Years passed. We're looking at my early 20s now and about six years ago. My grandparents never blamed their grandkids for the wrongdoing of their mother and continued to want a relationship with both Ron and Christy. Honestly, I liked it too. Christy had three other children at this point and I loved having them around. Ron was living with Christy and her family. It had been a few years since I'd seen him and I could see that things had changed. He was different, less angry, and more patient. Sweet. He was a good uncle to Christy's kids. He would make them laugh and carry them on his shoulders. My boyfriend at the time thought Ron was a funny kid, and they became friends. Before I knew it, Ron was spending more and more time at our house. During the time this story took place, I had a boyfriend named Greg. He and I lived in an apartment beneath my parents' home. The upstairs had three entrances, a front door, a porch, and a garage door, which leads into the family room. 
Most people come in through the garage door. When you first walk in, you're in my parents' family room, with the bathroom to the right, and the porch is straight ahead. There's another door next to the bathroom, and this leads to my apartment, which I'll get into. My parents' kitchen is a part of the living room, no walls or door dividing it, but there's a door that separates the kitchen from the dining room and living room. Think one long open floor plan. A hallway then leads to a bathroom on the left, another door where the shower is, and another door where my parents' bathroom is. Back to the hallway, two more bedrooms on the right, and my parents' master bedroom is on the left, where my dad keeps a BB gun in his nightstand. Downstairs, where I lived, is less important to need the layout. But you should know that there is two entrances from the outside that leads upstairs next to one of my parents' bathrooms near the family room. Also note that I have two kitties and my parents have a black shepherd. I know this may all seem like a lot, but there's a point, I promise. Back to the story. Ron, Greg, and I had been spending a lot of time together. His mom had recently married my uncle's best friend, and he was feeling a bit lost. He would come over to hang out in our apartment and sometimes sleep there. He would do nice things like make deep-fried Oreos, nachos, and roast beef dinners. At the time, Greg was working part-time at GameStop and going to school full-time. He is a Marine, a big guy. I was working at a daycare for people who had developmental and physical disabilities and was out of work at 3 p.m. every day. My mom was visiting my grandparents in Florida, and my dad was in between jobs, currently taking time taking care of his uncle an hour away, who had Alzheimer's. Ron started staying with us for long periods of time, stating that he didn't feel comfortable at Christie's or with his mom. Greg and I understood completely, and he began staying nights at a time. My mom said it was fine that he did, as long as he would help walk the dog and do some housework, since Ron did not have a job. I let Ron use my laptop, as I thought it would help him look for new jobs or whatever he wanted to do to fill his days while he was in the house. I was at work when I got a phone call from Greg. He was about to leave for class when three police officers arrived at our door. He couldn't say much because he didn't know much, but said that they were questioning Ron and taking my computer. Greg didn't have a car, and we shared mine, so I asked him to pick me up. Without my parents there, I felt it was the responsible thing to do. I get home as the police are leaving. Ron turns to me and just says, I didn't do anything wrong. A police officer pulled me aside, asking if the laptop was mine. I said yes. He asked if Ron had been using it. I didn't answer, and instead asked him what this was about. The officer told me he knew there was something missing in my cousin. It pissed me off that he said that. He told me my cousin was accused of speaking to underage girls on the laptop, and it had to be taken for a few days. Greg and I begged Ron to just tell the truth, 
if he had done something by accident or didn't know their age or if they lied about their age. It was okay and we could figure it out. Ron admitted to nothing, boldly stating that he had never interacted with anyone other than people that he knew. He was convincing, even though I remembered things he'd done in the past. I overruled them with the thought that Ron would never purposely speak to someone inappropriately if he knew they were underage. Greg and I started to get more annoyed with Ron. When he walked a dog, he would get annoyed and yell at her if she didn't do her business fast enough. He was eating a good portion of the food we purchased, blasted his music at all hours, and was starting to forget to knock when we were in our bedroom talking or doing other things. One day, we finally decided that we had to talk to my parents and have him stay somewhere else. They agreed. I didn't want to tell him, so unfortunately, my father had to. I say unfortunately because my dad is the most non-confrontation, passive and kind person. I felt wrong about him doing it, but my mom wears the pants here and she wanted it to be him. So a few days after he asked Ron to leave, he did. Ron called me on a Friday after I had just gotten out of work. He knew Greg worked Friday nights and that my mom was still in Florida and my dad was still with his uncle during the day. He asked if he could come hang out. I was busy this afternoon and by busy, I mean I was watching Pretty Little Liars and just wanted to relax. I worked a demanding job and I was tired. He was frustrated that I said no, saying he would just come by for a little while, but this didn't change my answer. I told him that we would hang out another night. I hung up and laid back down on the couch. I was in my parents' family room. Micah, our dog, was laying on the floor beside me. I heard a sound from downstairs around 4.15 p.m. It had been about half an hour since Ron had called. It sounded like someone was banging on the walls. My first stop was my cat's, so I got up and walked over to the door that led downstairs. As I opened it, I saw Ron standing at the bottom of the staircase. I asked him what he was doing. He held out a bottle of Dr. Pepper, my favorite drink, and explained that his mom had dropped him off. I was annoyed. I left the door open, assuming at this point, I didn't have a choice but to hang out. And I really just wasn't up to company. He went into the porch, lighting a cigarette, and telling me how his mom kicked him out for the night because she wanted to have sex with her new husband. He was so angry about it, saying he couldn't believe that anyone loved him at all. This enraged me, and after years of dislike that I'd had towards this woman... I took out my phone and called her while Ron was on the porch smoking and I was in the family room. I explained to her that Ron was no longer supposed to be at the house unless my parents were home so she would have to come pick him up. I know this was harsh of me and I probably sound like a bitch but honestly I was so exhausted and I really wanted to be by myself. She called me a little cunt. And I called her a lying bitch and asked what kind of mother dumps their kid so they can fuck someone. 
She hung up on me. I laughed about it because I'd never gotten to give her even the tiniest piece of my mind. I went to the porch and told Ron that I kind of yelled at his mom, thinking he might be happy someone stood up for him. Instead, Ron put out a cigarette and began pacing the porch, putting his hands over his head as he did. I knew I fucked up. I hurt his feelings and I started something I shouldn't have. I was being selfish, so I apologized. His response was throwing the plastic table on the porch against the window and barging out the door leading outside. Now I really felt shitty. I called my mom and she said not to let Ron back in. She had just gotten off the phone with a police officer earlier that afternoon and they found some really crucial evidence that Ron was knowingly speaking to young girls. She didn't want him in the house and asked that I locked all the doors. So I went around to every door and locked it. I started upstairs and made my way back down. When I had got into my apartment, I noticed that my cats weren't in sight begging for snacks like usual. I figured I'd get to the doors after I'd found them. They were locked in the bathroom. Also in the bathroom were all of Ron's bag, which he carried belongings in. Sitting on top was a knife. I'm aware that anyone can have a knife, but I didn't like that it just sat on top of the giant bag. So I put it inside his bag, let my cats out of the bathroom, and picked up the bag so that I could place it outside. I went to the garage and put the bag there so that when he needed to come back and get it I could just unlock the garage door or bring the bag outside to him. I did not intend to allow any of this to take place until Greg or my dad was home. An hour passed and I heard glass smash from what sounded like behind me. I was now in the family room upstairs again. I heard it again and knew it was coming from the garage. I wanted to open the door, but was scared to. After a couple minutes of silence, I opened it just a little and saw that the glass windows of the garage door had been broken. I heard the sound of someone walking on the outside porch, which led to the indoor porch. I forgot to lock the door that brings you in that way, but I did lock the glass lighter that leads from the porch to the family room. The door opened, and Ron stood there, clenching his fist, which were bleeding. I assume from punching or hitting the window, I guess. He demanded that I open the door. I shook my head and asked if I should call an ambulance. He started screaming, saying, Fuck you! And, I'll find a fucking way in, you little bitch! Wait until I do! I called my mom and she told me to dial 911. Then my grandparents intervened, telling me not to. They begged me not to, reminding me that Ron had a temper and disability issues. And now with the pedophile accusations, he'd surely be looking at prison if I called the police. I was on the other side of the house, near the bedrooms now. I grabbed the BB gun and brought it into my parents' bathroom with me. 
Micah was close by, panting but not really doing much else. Everything was silent, and I was starting to think that he left. I hung up on my mom and grandparents and called my aunt, who lived 20 minutes away. I also called my best friend, who was closer than that. I told them that I didn't know if he was still there, and if he was by the time they got there. Then to disregard my grandparents and call the police, and not step out of their cars. A few moments after hanging up, I heard the sound of things being moved in my apartment, along with more screaming. This time, Ron was saying he'd break my fingers. When I moved the BB gun, all the pellets fell out the back. I had no idea what I was doing. It got quiet again, and I heard my downstairs door to the outside slam shut. I got up and ran to the living room upstairs, looking and watching as Ron climbed the driveway with his bag in his hand. A few minutes later, my aunt and my best friend showed up at the same time. We walked around the house and saw that he had broken the garage window, one of my downstairs bedroom windows, and had smeared his blood all over my furniture, my bed sheets, and my doors. I should have called the police, but there was a part of me that felt guilty, felt bad for him, and there's still a part of me that does. But I should have called. I wish this was the end. The police did not clear my laptop, but suggested that I clear it. A few weeks after this, I went to log into my own Gmail and saw that the computer was still logged into Ron's. I read the conversations for myself and knew then that these little girls and boys were victims and he was preying on them. Not only that, but I saw that he was sending multiple pictures of me, some clothed, some not, some sleeping, and some changing out of clothes, most taken from outside, and he was sending them to complete strangers. He told them that he fucked me all the time, and that I was his cousin, like he was proud of this. He even showed pictures of Christie's kids to these people saying he wanted to touch them too. The responses from some of these people were in agreement with him regarding the fact that he had sex with his cousin and enjoyed looking and being around children. So an official fucking warning, I made multiple mistakes here and I'm sure that you've seen them all. I got an attitude and was selfish I didn't mind my own business and confronted his mom. I didn't call the police. I felt pity on him instead. Being alone now for me is impossible. More than anything, I'm mad that his parents didn't take what his doctors and teachers told them seriously when he was a kid. Learn from my mistakes and don't make them in any situation with anyone, family or not. Yes, he went to prison. This happened around 10 years ago. I believe I was 11 or 12. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Our house was kind of isolated. I mean, there were houses nearby and whatnot, but it was a bit further down the road, 
When I was younger, my family struggled financially, so we couldn't afford a fence and had to rely on a row of bushes in the backyard to keep out any unwanted visitors. One night, I was alone with a friend of mine playing some video games. My sis and my parents were out running errands. My friend, Anna, was a girl, three years older than me, so she was around 15. My family and hers were close friends, so she was kind of like a big sister to me. You could say she was babysitting me that day, but not really. Anyway, she went to get some water but burst right back through the door only moments later, running toward me and telling me to turn off my game console. I asked her why she was so scared. All she said was to stay close as she turned off the light. I really started to freak out when she told me that she saw two older men outside my house, filming with a camera. Anna and I crept around in the dark, looking for the knife in the kitchen. There was almost no light anywhere in the house. I looked up when I heard one of the men outside the door. The handle shook back and forth as he tried to get it open. Anna started to panic when she saw the man at the door. The second guy was nowhere to be seen at the time. Now my dad had a gun that he got as a gift from a friend who was a police officer. My dad never used it, but he did keep it somewhere safe. Anna knew about the gun and asked me where it was. I told her it was in my parents' bedroom at the top of a wardrobe, and we headed there. I don't know why I didn't think of it myself. Anna got the gun and loaded it partially with two or three bullets. She had just loaded around when out of nowhere we heard a window shattering. We could hear the other guy's muffled voice echoing down the hallway. He must have had a mask on or something. In a low voice, he said to the guy at the door, Forget the door. I found a way inside. Kill the kid and get the girl. At that point, I froze and almost blacked out. I could no longer focus or think straight. Anna started running with my dad's gun toward them and screamed at the top of her lungs in Serbian, warning that if either of those bastards hurt us, she would shoot their dicks off. The men bolted just before entering the window. Anna locked the door and started running out after them all the way down the street before letting off a warning shot in the air. I remember the shot being so loud because where I lived was an otherwise quiet place. She came back to the house, called the police, my family and hers. We told the story to everyone. My mother cried a lot that night, and the police told us that there were some break-ins around the area, that some of the families were even hurt. Luckily no one had been killed, but it was still pretty scary. The guys that tried to get us were, thankfully, nothing more than a couple of amateurs. We later heard that one of the guys had been caught, but the other was never found. Thankfully, I haven't had an experience like that since. My mom had been a drug addict my entire life. When I was younger, she constantly had people coming and going, and it seemed that a majority of the time, these people were shady fuckers. I thought I'd share one experience that still bothers me quite a bit. I was about 12 years old at the time. I was sitting on the couch watching Drake and Josh when there came a knock at the door. My mom wasn't home at the time, so I decided to turn the TV off and remain quiet. Eloise, you home? It was a man. I just wanted to drop something off. Eloise? I stayed quiet. Eloise, open the damn door! I'm not gonna hurt you! 
At this point, I was scared. Even as a 12-year-old, when someone says they're not going to hurt you, there's generally something they did in the past that would prompt them to reassure someone of that, right? He started rattling the door handle. I swear to God, I'll break this door down. You've been ignoring my calls, my texts. You cannot run from me! He began pounding and kicking at the door. I ran to the bathroom because it was the only door with a lock and hid in a bathtub with a curtain drawn. I decided to take my bath gun and put a little water in it and a little shampoo. At that point, I heard what sounded like splitting wood and then footsteps in my living room. I heard him go from room to room, all the while yelling, Eloise! You can't ignore me now, you bitch! Finally, he came to the bathroom door and tried the handle. Oh, so you're in here, huh? More pounding. He kicked the door in and stood still for a few long moments before ripping open the curtain and peering down at me. He had slicked back black hair with piercing green eyes, a sad attempt at facial hair, black hooded sweatshirt, black jeans, black shoes. He held a brown bag in one of his tattoo-covered hands. Oh, <laughs> even better. I've seen you around before. You're Eloise's daughter. So sweet. He kept repeating that. So sweet. Made my skin crawl. He walked over to the window and locked it before squatting next to me. You're going to come with me. How about that? I'll buy you some ice cream. I glared at him, trying my best not to look terrified. Not much of a talker. Your mother could learn something from you. He reached his hand out and rested it on my shoulder. In one quick motion, I pulled my squirt gun from under my leg and began spraying it in his face. He didn't register it at first, but quickly began wiping his eyes. What the fuck is this? What the fuck? What the fuck? I hurled my body at him, causing him to fall back and hit his head on a toilet. I grabbed a brown paper bag and ran from the bathroom out into the hallway and down the stairs. I caught my mom on the entrance steps and pulled her the other direction. What's going on? You're making me drop my things. She quickly caught on that something was terribly wrong and ran with me to my aunt's house. After catching my breath, I described the man and what he did. She quickly recognized him as a man named Tony, whom she'd owed a lot of money to. I realized I was still holding the brown paper bag that the man had and gave it to my mom. She found a gun inside. He had showed up to kill my mother. This happened to me just about two hours ago, around 4.30 a.m., and I can't get back to sleep. Every creak or drip of the faucet now makes me jump. I only stopped trembling about 15 to 20 minutes ago. So, I was asleep on my friend's couch and woke up to the sight of someone opening the front door. I'm not entirely sure, but they may have said something to me through the cracked open window. I think that's what woke me up in the first place. This tall, 
very slender woman in a long red and salmon colored dress walked in and immediately started moving toward me. I tried to pretend to still be asleep, but once she knelt down next to me, I knew the jig was up. I fully opened my eyes and looked over at her trying to make out her face. She rested her hand gently on my shoulder and started asking me questions I didn't understand. She had papers in her hand that she seemed to glance down at every so often, as if she were reading the questions off a list. Despite her speaking English clearly, her words seemed somehow jumbled and incoherent. I sat up and asked why she was there, and she said she was from some government agency or something, and asked for my name. I didn't respond, and just kind of looked around, stalling as I debated calling out for my friends or running for one of their rooms. I only stayed put because, for some reason, I feared for my physical safety. I grabbed my phone to call one of them, after the most awkward 30 seconds of silence, but she stopped me. She said, I can see you're not ready yet. It's okay and touched my arm before calmly standing up and walking out the door. I got up to go to the window and saw her walk out to the street. I immediately went around the house to make sure all the doors were locked, as my friends usually didn't lock up, which, I'm sure, is how she was able to walk in in the first place. Still in a bit of shock, I tried to wake up my friends via phone and just sat on the couch waiting for my heart to stop racing. After about 15 minutes, I went upstairs and woke them up. One of my friends, Max, thought it was weird, but he seemed unconcerned. He simply apologized about the whole thing and went back to bed. The other friend, Brock, empathized a lot more and was also pretty freaked out. He sat with me in the stairwell for a bit before he went back to bed himself. I'm now alone on the couch, but I won't be getting back to sleep anytime soon. I've never been more frightened and unnerved in my entire life. <laughs>